Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony Podcast, presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us and powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Pop and Pony Podcast. Bob Pompiani, Andrew Filipponi, and we are honored to be joined by Hall of Famer to be. He'll be enshrined this summer, Alan Fanica. After six years of waiting, and quite frankly, he should have been in, I thought, way earlier than this but life of being a guard on an offensive lineman I guess Andrew uh, a lot of times you're there and anonymity but Alan stood out and Alan first of all congratulations uh, well deserved and thank you for joining us oh thank you so much Bob I appreciate it Alan I want to ask you for starters so you had to sit on this thing for two weeks did I hear that story right <laughs> you, you, a secret? you heard that you heard that right man we've been sitting on it for two weeks it's uh it's been hard uh holding it in so did this he's a giant human being bob have you seen this guy david Sam, i know david, david baker, baker he's from like Hall six foot eight so uh, did he just randomly show up at your house alan did you get a phone call in advance like hey you expect a visitor you take us through that whole notion because i mean people aren't exactly uh, getting together right now bob so to have someone randomly pop in I'm, I'm curious about that whole situation so uh on top of us having to sit on this for two weeks mm-hmm. julie had to sit on this for about 12 hours by herself oh. uh D- david uh david texted her uh, uh the day before the night before and and said uh literally the text only said uh julie told me said can you keep a secret and um uh, Julie responded, whatever you need me to do, I will do. And uh, so they, t- they talked, and I didn't know anything. Uh, and uh, David was coming in the next day and just needed to set up where I was going to be so that they could show up and, uh, and surprise me. And uh, Julie came up with the idea of a ruse and uh, got me uh, dressed up so we were going to go uh, to lunch. And so uh, late morning, we're about to head out with some family and uh, just go grab some brunch. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, instead of going to brunch, uh, David Baker's knocking on And you didn't door. think it was a setup, Alan? You didn't have a uh, hunch or a sense that there was something going on when she made that arrangement? 
You know, I, I was kind of busy. I've been I've been doing some stuff uh, with uh, at my wood shop, and I was kind of trying to rush and finish up a project. And uh, it sounded a little bit, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go do." But you know what? So my it's my brother in law that lives a mile from me, and literally every weekend they probably go to brunch like twice a week, like okay. twice a weekend. They that's what they that's what they do. So I was like, "Yeah, let's go join them for one." So there it is, and and you had no suspicion whatsoever. Everyone waits for that knock. No one ever expects it coming at your house. You're great with secrets, Bob. You could have kept that one. I think. Oh, I keep secrets. I have. You're if like I a had, vault. if I had to write a book, it'd be called "You Can't Make This <laughs> Up." That would be the name of the book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a lot of secrets, but anyway. So when you heard the knock, you answered the door. How did she get you to answer the door, and why didn't she answer the door? I know why, but what did she tell you? Uh, you know, so I was not too far away from the door and we were kind of, Julie and I were in the hallway away from each other and facing each other. I was just kind of walking around killing time. Really. We were waiting for everybody to get in the car and let's go. And right. I mean, exactly when David started pounding on the door, cause it's not just a regular knock. It's, it's a, it's a pounding <laughs> knock. Um, uh, I, I caught out of the corner of the window just like a, a one foot section of like the boom mic from uh, the the camera crew out there, and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> yeah, I say they got me, and uh, so uh, I actually I kind of froze for a second, and uh, he had to knock again, so I actually went and answered the door because I was like, I just didn't know what to do, uh, kind of at the moment, and uh, then I went and answered the door. Everyone waits for that knock. You get the knock. How did it feel to get the knock? It felt good. It felt good, man. You know, it was uh, exciting and uh, uh, a relief that he came. It was a surprise. It caught me off guard. Uh, you know, I totally, I, I, I kind of had it in my mind. I was like, if something happens, it's going to happen like really close to the Super Bowl. I figured, you know, maybe a yeah. couple days out. I totally did not expect it. I kept pushing the, um, my daughter Annabelle was going to go with a friend and go do something that day and get out. And she hadn't done anything in forever. And I was like, you need to go. And, and this was before Julie knew. Julie was like, well, what if something happens? And I was like, it's not happening this weekend. <laughs> Nothing. They're gonna, it's going to wait till next week or something. And that's before Julie even knew. Are you, are you, you know, this is six years and Andrew, I got to imagine, you know, I thought he would be in much sooner sure. than this, but it's a difficult road yeah. uh, just because, uh, there's so many qualified people, plus guards on offensive line. Uh, there aren't that many in the Hall of Fame. Uh, did you ever, I mean, did you take any of it personally, Alan, that it wasn't happening? Or how how did you handle this whole waiting game? Uh, I didn't take it personally, but, uh, you know, it is frustrating uh, when you're going through it. It is a, a kind of a little bit of a political process and a jockeying, uh, that, that aspect of it. Uh, you know, rubs you a little wrong when you when you get the phone call that says you're you're not in instead of the knock. So it's it's a little rough, man. And then you start you add in uh, uh, family and, and kids and everybody's dealing with it. It doesn't make it any easier um, of of a situation. So uh, you know, they're, the kids are old enough; they know and understand. And uh, you know, it just it's it's not. You know, every, every year it gets a little bit more of a, a you know. A, uh, a, a kick to the kick to the groin. So uh, 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 glad it's over with, and uh, you know we can move forward. And uh, it's, it's just been exciting. Alan, was the woodworking a diversion? Is this something you came up with to get your mind off of football and things like the Hall of Fame, or has that been like a passion for you for a long time? 
It, it's been it's been a bucket list thing of mine for a long time. I've always kind of dabbled in it, and uh, you know, kind of worked out of the garage and, and did some stuff. And uh, but uh, oh, that's I one more thing you've got in common with Pompiani because he's into Bob. You want to tell him about your woodworking uh, fetish? Sure. No, <laughs> I have a woodpecker, Alan. If you'd like to come and kill him, you can do that for me. I'm not allowed to do it because I'd be arrested. But the woodpeckers are driving me nuts. <laughs> Oh, man. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> so you just kind of so dabbled in woodworking? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finally, uh, literally, I, I did it about a month, a uh, month before we had got locked down in this freaking quarantine, and uh, I've uh, got some equipment now, and i got a little wood shop down the road, and uh, I go in there, and I, I, I'm know enough to be dangerous, so uh, I enjoy it, though. I go in there, and I figure it out, and uh, I'm learning. It's the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet. So I want to talk about your career now. Uh, we'll zero in on that and the fact that for 13 years, I look at a lot of different things that I think make you um, a Hall of Fame guy right from the beginning. I would have had you in in the first year. But the one thing that you can look at a lot of statistics, a lot of things, I thought your pooling ability was something that was – very different than most guards that pool or any offensive lineman. You had that ability with your speed uh, to do things that others couldn't. How much of that was was uh, the coaching staff saying, hey, man, you're different. We're going to utilize this. How much of it is just you being comfortable doing it? Tell us about that. You know, I think um... – I think when uh, when Russ got there, I think I think he's the one that, that said, "Hey, we got this, you know, we got this guy that can do it. Let, let's do it more." Uh, and it really took off. Uh, that um, they really really utilized me. Very very. I mean, how many how many offenses in the NFL uh, would have used me the way that I got used in Pittsburgh? And I, I would have been you know showcased and and uh, put a, put on the the point of attack. You know, I think a lot of teams just knew to follow me to the ball and. Back then, uh, you know, it didn't really matter. We we had such a good uh, running attack that uh, uh, we were able to still do it. Um, but it, you know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a violent act of, of pulling it and throwing your throwing yourself uh, in there, and, and you can't be timid, and and you got to kind of have a feel for um, kind of like it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot as if you you have the ball and you're the running back. You know, like you follow me and. Uh, so you got to look at it and see it just as uh, Jerome would. So it's uh, it's definitely a little bit of a, a knack to do it. Alan, where did that attitude come from? Uh, where did did it have to get ingrained in you? Were you born with it? Is there someone along the way that turned you into that type of not only player but person? Where you you know you you were you sought out physicality? Like, give us a little bit of a of a backstory into how Alan Fanica developed that type of personality. Um. You know, I, I think I can look back and point to a couple things along the way that uh, you know kind of added added to it and kind of built built it up to to who it was in, inside of me. You know, I, I can think back to uh, you know I, I really loved playing basketball when I was a kid, man. And it's you know it's not easy for a big guy, and, and you got a lot of hard work, and and it's a lot of hustle in basketball. And uh, I, I can think back to moments of you know being near broken. Uh, you know, conditioning and running and training and doing things, playing basketball as a, you know, a nine, 10, 11 year old kid uh, that uh, ingrained me to just say, screw it, man, no way. You're not going to break me. I'm, I'm going to keep going. And then, you know, you take that attitude with you, uh, you know, to maybe junior high or high school. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got the chance to, to play against the uh, older, older guys, you know, as a, as a young guy in high school and just, 
determination and not let that happen. And it just starts, starts to snowball. And, um, you know, you get into college and, uh, you know, it's just a totally different game. Everybody's better on the field than they are in high school. And you're not dominating people like you did in high school. And uh, you just have to even kind of take it up another notch. And so, you know, as you go along through the, the path of, of a football career like I have, you know, it just starts it starts amping up every every step you go. Alan, how nasty do you have to be to play on the offensive line, or for that matter, the defensive line, in those trenches? Uh, you strike me as a you – know, like I, I always see you at, at Glimmer Hope Foundation events here in Pittsburgh, and you're always so cordial to people. You're nice. And gentleman. You, a gentleman total like gentleman. You. And he always – but I, but I'm sure when you get on the field, you can't be a gentleman. So how nasty is it down there? you got to flip the switch. You have to flip the switch. Um, you know uh, – it's it's interesting. Nobody really gets to see uh, the, the like a locker room, and everybody has different ways that they get ready for uh, a game. And uh, you know, man, I, I I had a playlist. I put my headset on. I had my routine. I did. And uh, you know, there's a certain point where I just like I tune out, man. I, I'm out. I'm, I got my music going. I got my mind. I'm thinking about the game. I'm taping up my wrist. And uh, it's a little bit like the uh, calm before the storm. You know, just. Uh, uh, still, still who I am, that, that same guy that you're, you're talking about, Bob, but you know, it's, it's starting to build up in you that you're about to go out there and, and, and play this, uh, this violent sport and go out there and, and, and get after it. It's, um, you know, it's, there's nothing else like it in the world. You can never do that. You know, you go do all that stuff on the street, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, you might as well go do it in front of 80,000 people and have fun with it. And they're cheering you on to yeah. do it. <laughs> Alan, is that the same playlist exactly. you use to run those marathons? You got the same music in your headset when you're when you're running? Different. It, different. different uh, There's a different playset. That's a whole different mindset. How, the, how did you become – because we've all seen pictures. We've all seen stories of you post-football. How did Alan Fanick uh, transition from one of the most ferocious guards in NFL history to marathon runner? Uh, you know what? I uh, I just always said I was going to lose the weight when I was done, and we'll see if it stuck. And then I, I lost the weight before I started really running after playing. But, um, you know, I always ran uh, uh, for time when I was playing. I, that was like the first thing I would do. I would do – you know, depending on when the season ended, I would I would do it for maybe four to six weeks. I would just jog. I would go for jogs for, for time, not for distance. And so I was always kind of into that distance type running. And uh, Julie ran a half marathon, and I wouldn't do any of it with her. I just let her do it. All she did it with some friends, and I was like, I'm good. I'm I'm done. And uh, I I went to, I went I went with her to go run it. They ran it in Las Vegas, and uh, I was like, oh, I kind of got the little the little vibe of them doing it. So I started running some of her, her shorter runs with her afterwards. And uh, one day Julie wasn't feeling good. And, uh, you know, instead of making a right, I made a left. And, you know, it turned like a three-mile run into like a seven or eight-mile run. I had no idea when I made that left. Uh, so it was really painful, and it took a lot to get to the, the finish line to get back to my car. But, uh, you know, it kind of it, it revved the competitive juices up back in me that had been kind of like just – dormant since i retired and that's how i kind of got into it and uh, then i just started taking off running longer runs uh by myself and next thing you know i'm running a marathon so i'm asking for a friend is it tougher to take the weight off or keep it off 
I need is that friend do, Bob? That friend is me, yes. I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of these love handles. Um, I, I wish the love handles could be in use more, but they're not. So I, yeah. <laughs> how do I do it? It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely harder to get them off than it is to, to keep them off. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the hard part. And you know what I tell people, man? I was cheating because I did it right when I was done, and it was like it was like training for another season. I was just doing different things, and I'm not too sure I could pull it off right now. For sure, I would have not done it. I cannot do it as fast as I did it back then. Alan, was the weight loss thing like a diet or a lifestyle decision? Was it more of like you're very regimented for a short amount of time, or is it something that now defines who you are as a person post-football? Um, you know, I think it defines me a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll look at pictures and see me like I'm in my room, my office right now. You know, I mean, I, I know who that guy is, but, you know, it's definitely like I don't I, it, it's weird. I, I relate more to the new guy that's, you know, a lot less, uh, uh, a lot lighter in pounds. So it's uh, it's definitely it's it's interesting. But, you know, I always said I wanted to lose the weight. I probably didn't need to be 50 years old, 50 years old, walking around with 320 pounds sitting on me. So, uh it's definitely good on my joints, and it's definitely uh, going to be be better for the long run. Was exercise the number one thing, or was it something else that really allowed for you oh. to get down? So, yeah, so when I was doing it uh, heavy, uh, you know, right when I was going through it, I lost 70 pounds in three months, the oh. first three months. Uh, I ate about 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day, and I did an hour of hard cardio uh, six days a week. And uh, just really stuck to it, and just you know, you know, I tell a lot of people, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to get to that point where you where you notice your clothes, you need new clothes, or mm. you know, you, you, it takes it takes a lot of effort to get to like to that fifteen twenty pound mark where you really start to notice some things that yep. really is like, oh, that's a good thing. And I feel like a lot of people fall short before they can get to that feeling, whatever that pound uh, weight loss is. What's a cheat meal for Alan Fanica now? If Alan wants to, you know, ignore the dietary rules and regulations and wants to branch out and eat whatever he wants, what's a cheat meal for Alan Fanica look like? Oh man, it's probably uh, it's probably a going going eat some Mexican food um, or uh, uh, you know something like that. You know, I got three kids, so pizza's always coming to the freaking house. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Something like that, you know. You know, my my regimen these days is uh, I, uh, you know, I, I I really watch what I eat and maintain uh, good habits uh, Monday through Friday afternoon, and then uh, don't really pay attention uh, from that point through Saturday Sunday. Since we're talking about food, I have this real quick question. Uh, Edmund Nelson used to be a broadcast partner oh, of mine, and he would he would eat uh, at times up into forty ounces of meat when we went out. Uh, I don't think KDK liked the tab on that, by the way. And maybe it was turned back to him. But what is when Allen was at his, you know, playing best, and when 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 weight was not a problem, you could put on. What was the most you can ever consume? Uh, you know, people used to always tell me they were surprised I didn't eat as much as I looked like I should be eating. Um, I, I, I guess because I always ate multiple meals, I was always eating between meals and. Uh, uh, you know, the one thing I miss are my shakes. I used to eat these shakes, especially uh, in the off season. I'd eat two or three a day because of all the running and lifting and training. Uh, and I never counted anything about them. And so once I started losing some weight and I was like, man, you know, I wouldn't mind some of those shakes. And that's the first time I ever sat down and like added up the calories on them. 
And the calories, it was about 800 to 1,000 calories in this freaking shake I would drink. <laughs> and uh, I was eating like three up, two, two or three a, a day. Um, you know, whole milk, peanut butter, the whole shebang. Uh, it, I mean, it was freaking good. It was the best peanut butter chocolate shake you ever had. <laughs> well, I could use a few of those not because I'm, I think I do that. I just <laughs> eat peanut butter raw out of the can jar. I want to ask you, Alan, um, about – Post-football, because I think you can have a career in consulting, if you would like, and that would be how to consult and how to help offensive linemen to stop holding. You only had four holding calls, I think, in your <laughs> wow. entire career, which is stunning to me. It's 13 years. You played just about every game. I think missed just one. How did you not get caught holding more? What's the trick? I, I'm going to dispute that number two, uh, Bob. I don't think that's an actual number. Less. I think that's uh, a, little high, a little high. Wow. Oh, okay. So what was your secret? Uh, uh, you know what? There is definitely a, so there's definitely a knack for uh, for holding and knowing when to let go, and there's also a, a knack for knowing uh, uh, kind of getting your hands in. I mean, you, you, we're we're allowed to hold on the inside as long as you're in the inside. There, there's definitely uh, it's not an acting job, but it's just a matter of knowing what you can and cannot get away with uh, that uh, you have to have a knack for, it. and you kind of got to know. All right, the refs are over here. They're over there, and uh, you just have to. You got to. It's it's another part of the craft you got to study to uh, to know and, and get used to it. Alan, w- one last thing from me here. Uh, you've had so many different looks over the years. Now you're clean shaven. I remember. Remember, you had the nice uh, sideburns there for a oh, while, yeah. Bob. The goatee. Uh, He's a handsome man, no matter oh, how no, you. No doubt about it. it. I mean, I he wish looks this like was, a movie star. I now. wish this was a video cast and not just a audio thing. What makes you go clean shaven now, Alan? Is that your call? Is that is that Mrs. Fanica's call? What's up with 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 the new look, Alan Fanica these days? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I always go through cycles, and uh, I, I think uh, Julie does make it a little bit harder to go through the uh, cycles of uh, you know facial hair again. She kind of fights me in the uh, in the uh, stages, the growth stages. <laughs> um, but uh, it's you know, I don't know. It's just always. Uh, kind of fluctuated looking through the years. You know, when we got measured for the bus this weekend, I didn't I had no idea that we actually get to choose what we look like in the bus. I so what are, was, what are you going to do? What are you going to go with? Do you know? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's lots of choices out there, I think. Like I, I had many, many a look uh, playing, so uh, uh, it was interesting. I had no idea. So we, uh, Julie, instantly, we started flipping through uh, pictures. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, she's going to have a big say in that, I'm sure. So probably your kids will too. Uh, have you decided about presenter or some? I didn't. I didn't hear if you had or not. But who would be that person for you? I, I've got a couple people in mind. Um, it's it's really tough. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys have decided, and a couple of them are, are like me. They've they've got it down to two or three people that they're they're thinking hard about and uh, trying to pull the trigger. So. That's where I'm at. I, there's so many people um, uh, that mean a lot to, to me that, that helped me in this journey that uh, it's, it's really hard to, to pick one. So it's really kind of like picking the, the best one of a group that, uh, that represents uh, the whole group to me is how I'm thinking about it. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to, to pick somebody. I, I've thought about it, you know, just picking, picking the person, but actually having the awesome conversation of, of telling them a little bit kind of like, you know, it's a little bit like their knock at the door, right? That's um, hmm, yeah. That's uh, another special moment. That'd be a good way to do it. Knock on someone's door and say, you're my presenter. I think that's awesome. Alan, 
Uh, we just want to wish you the best. The the man who had such a significant uh, block in the Willie Parker 75-yard touchdown, which is still the longest touchdown run in Super Bowl history, a man who switched ta- positions uh, because of an emergency, and, and that couldn't be hard to do. But all of these are reasons why you're going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it is your just reward for an outstanding career. And I was glad to see that the Virginia Beach uh, community stepped up on a homecoming when you came back from the uh, the Super Bowl, right? They were all out there with signs in the streets. Ooh. It was pretty interesting. And that's when you began your consumption of a whole bunch of food and, and champagne, I also noticed. So you had a big celebration down there. You deserve it. <laughs> it was great. Thank you, Bob. All right. That's Alan Fanica. Andrew, uh, always good to talk to him. We look forward to seeing you in August. Totally. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown Roofing, put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.